Are you tired of losing at sports betting? Start winning with Kingpin.pro. With Kingpin.pro, you can follow proven sports bettors and handicappers. Each user is required to put in their picks prior to each game. Kingpin scores and ranks users for total winnings, not units, as well as win percentage. This gives you, the sports better, the ability to follow not just winning cappers, but more importantly, consistent winning cappers. You can easily get instant notifications of picks by downloading the Kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app. Download the app and register with promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER, and you'll get a 10% discount off your purchase. We love betting on sports here at the Wager Pager podcast, but that's not all we bet on. Predictit.org is the stock market for politics. You can make real money predictions on everything from the 2020 Democratic presidential primary, congressional actions, Trump administration policies, and much, much more. More than 200 markets are live at any time, with new markets going up every weekday. Predictit.org is headquartered in Washington, D.C., legal in all 50 states for any U.S. citizen who is 18 years of age or older. Log on to predictit.org slash promo slash wager20. That's predictit.org slash promo slash W-A-G-E-R, the number two, the number zero. Think you know politics? Put your money where your mouth is. Be sure to visit predictit.org today. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager Podcast. You guys know what we do. We talk sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the sports betting industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter, at WagerPagerChris. And please, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, at the Wager Pager. This is Season 2, Episode 23, recording live from Van Voorst Film Studio here in Hoboken, New Jersey. That's right. We're coming to you from the mecca of sports gambling, our home state of New Jersey that won the Supreme Court battle and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We got another XFL-themed show for you guys this week, and we have some really cool guests on tap. We got ESPN's Diana Rossini calling in to talk XFL, NFL, and much more. We got outside linebacker Demarcus Gates from the first place Houston Roughnecks hopping on the pod. And we got the dancing superstar, internet sensation, Seattle Dragons superfan, Broccoli Guy calling into the show. But first, joining me, my co-host, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, my guy with 18 New Jersey betting outs, and someone who knows his way around the sports book. Here he is, the Luka Donkic of Gambling Twitter. Brock Landers. Thank you very much, Chris. Luka Doncic. Yes, I will definitely take that reference all day. Good to be back here. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Uh, good to be back, Chris. We're getting uh, ready for March Madness. 
Yeah, baby. March Madness around the corner. You know I was going to break out the Luca sooner or later. He uh, just turned 21, right? I saw him out partying with the boys in Dallas the other night. Yeah, he was down in actually uh, South Beach. They they played the Heat, and then afterwards, uh, well, they lost to the Heat. Uh, and then they went to uh, go party. I think they were at Liv, uh, which is where the Mavericks celebrated their uh, 2011 title. There you go. Um, so that was pretty cool. Weren't you down there for that? Yeah. I was. Right. right on. That's a whole nother show for itself. What a great day that was. Brock Landers is a well-traveled man. He uh, bounces around the country to see his teams. I love that. I got to go with you sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Marlins baseball coming up, Chris. Catch the fever. Spring training going really well so far for my guys. Definitely, dude. I've been. I'm kind of a de facto Marlins fan almost. I'm. I'm looking for a national yeah, baby, league jump team. Jump on, baby. Jump on now. In two, three years, you're you'll make the right decision. You know what I mean? I usually have my team in you know the, the Yanks and you know in the American League. I was gonna say National League. Uh, I think you can expand a little bit. And uh, you know, when I go to City Field, I'm gonna need someone there with me. You know, once we start getting good. Hey, sounds good to me. Like you said, March Madness right around the corner, and I could not be more pumped up about my Rutgers scar. Knights, baby. Huge win last night versus ninth-ranked Maryland Terrapins. Pretty much seals the deal on our ticket to the tourney. I don't want to jinx it. There's one game left. We got the Boilmakers of Purdue on Saturday and then on to the Big Ten tournament, dude. I think Rutgers Scarlet Knights are going dancing for the first time since 1991. And Brock, Seton Hall, they could be a number two seed at this point. Wow, Chris. I had no idea. Since 91, Rutgers. That's that's. A long time to be going dancing. Long drought, baby. Long drought. The team looks good. Got some ballers. Geo Baker, uh, Montaz Mathis, Ron Harper Jr., Ron Harper's son. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I forgot you guys got him. They're playing well right now at the right time. So He's we'll Jersey guy, right? Oh, yeah. Don Bosco prep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, big game for the Pirates tonight as we record, playing Villanova. Last game at the Rock. Last game for Miles Powell at home. He's such a beast. Yeah, so... Crazy, though, to think that they could be as high as a two-seed. I mean, you know, in my lifetime, pretty much it's always been barely getting to the tournament, maybe get a chance to win the first game. A lot of expectations. I can't wait to see how they handle it. I will definitely be watching all those games intently. Um, but, yeah, can't wait, man. March man, it's hard to believe it's here already, and uh, I'm looking forward to all these conference tournaments to get us there. Yeah, man, a lot of people picking Seton Hall in their Final Four. Conference tourney week coming up. Is oh, it's going to bother me so much that we have no money on this. We can't bet it legally. Ooh, we still got some time maybe to roll down the Pennsylvania, Philly or something, put in some futures. But what I, are, Do you even know what they're at at this point? Rutgers, I, think, I still think, hovering around 40 to 1, something like that. But uh, I know Seton Hall has obviously dropped. But I was going to say, I think we're into like the teens from what I gathered. 15, 16, 70 to 1 to win it all. Hey. But I don't know. I don't know how to, to win the final four. I'm not, you know, to make it to the final four, I should say. I don't know what that's at. It all depends on the bracket and, uh, you know, how everything's seated. We mm. got uh, Selection Sunday about a week and a half away. Besides yeah. that, uh, what's been going on in your gambling world? I've been kind of taking it easy, trying to uh, build the bankroll up for March Madness. What have you been playing? Oh, Chris, I've been touching a lot of uh, NBA. It's probably one of the best NBA seasons I've had, uh, according to my records, uh, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, just been really dialed in on NBA. Uh, a little bit of college basketball on Saturdays and Sundays when I have a chance to really, really look at the bigger cards. Uh, like I was telling you, though, the other day, I love when it's a little bit of a shorter card to go with. Uh, you do a little more analyzing. But believe it or not, I spent this past week doing a lot of baseball stuff, 
um, you know, really went through every pretty much legal New Jersey out that's out there and just looked at, you know, Cy Young's, uh, season wins, uh, MVPs, went through all of it. And I mean, I, I spent a good probably two solid nights just A, looking at numbers and then B, looking out to where to fire all this stuff off. And uh, I had one one or two pretty big problems, I'm going to say. Really? With uh, a couple books here in New Jersey. Do and, tell. Uh, Do I'm tell. taking the gloves off for this one. I was I was I was kind of upset with points bet. Okay, we'll start there. Our our friend, uh, shout out to Mammoth Matt. Yes, formerly Mammoth Matt. I'm sure he's listening. And I hey, congratulations! I'm glad to see that he's back in the uh, the sports uh, betting world, uh, working for a provider. That's really good. He's a great guy, knows his stuff. One of the original fans of the show. Yep. So really good to see that he's got a career. And hey, he's making a salary there. Good for you. Glad to see it. Good to have someone on that side. And hey, maybe he'll report this to someone that's listening. So without further ado, let me just go back real quick with my points bet history here, right? Haven't really dabbled too much into them since they've been a legal book here in New Jersey. However, I applauded them on All-Star Game, uh, NBA All-Star Game, a couple weeks back. Uh, I happened to miss out on a Luka Doncic Speaking of, <laughs> MVP All-Star Game uh, prop. Okay. Uh, the day of the All-Star Game, they had the best number still on him, which was about 33 to 1 is what I found. So I deposited a quick couple hundred in there and said, hey, I'm going to throw it on Luka Doncic to win MVP. Why not? I throw it in there. I was in the, the spinning queue that, you know, the oh, wheel yeah. of death or whatever you want to call yep. it. I was in that thing for probably like a good five minutes. The and wheel then, of larceny. Yeah. Then I'm getting worried because now I'm like, oh, man, this is going on way too long. Something's going to happen, uh, you know, whatever. Bravo. They took the full bet that I put on Luka Doncic to win MVP. Okay. They gave it to me at that number, 33 to 1. But then they moved the line down to what it should have been, probably like I think it was 12 or 13 to 1, right? So, like, Instantly after I bet it, it moved. So you right couldn't even that. put it in again if you wanted to. No, not at that price. But at least they took it because this now goes into my next point. So the other day, I'm going through all these MLB futures. So now I have like maybe three or four guys that I'm looking at, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna put it in with points bet. They they gave me the Lucas stuff. I don't think I'll have a problem putting the stuff in. So now I deposit quickly, couple hundred bucks. Again, nothing crazy couple hundred bucks, and it's late at night. It's probably like maybe 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And here I am. Late night bet Depositing into, uh, you know, a points bet. Nothing like a late night degenerate bet. Oh, absolutely. I felt so degenerate that late, actually. <laughs> so now I, I deposit it, and I'll be honest. I'll, I'll tell the, the name of the player. Some people already, oh, who were you trying to bet, blah, blah, blah. I found still the best number in New Jersey on Glaber Torres. Ooh, I like okay. that. I yeah. like that. Big year for Glaber. And I Glaber Day. I could get into a whole handicap on why Glaber Torres, other than the number being off. All right. So Points Bet had a number that was still higher than the market, thirty-three to one. Again, I believe it was okay, thirty-five to one or something like that. So now I say, yeah, I'm just going to throw a quick hundred bucks on it, and at least I I get down on my Glaber Torres bet. Here comes the spinning wheel again. Comes back to me. Oh, God. $25. What? Yep. $25. Now, 
the whole reason I was upset was they didn't give me the do you accept this change? They yes just or automatically no. put it in. They automatically, out of the hundred, took twenty five, put it in their pocket, and said, "We'll take the bet at that number of thirty three to one." So I think it's technically twenty five dollars wow. to win eight twenty five. I want to say. And then they moved the number down to 12 to 1 to what it should have been from right. the get-go. On your screen. Yeah. and no, Well, now it's everywhere. It, but the thing was, their number was way off. And yeah, I was trying to go in there and put on a, a bet to them. But still, they didn't book it to the 33 to 1 price like they did with the Luca bet. That's, that's right. the only reason why I did I said, you know, they'll probably take it and then move it. No, they take $25, didn't ask me, which was my biggest problem with it. If it came back to me and said, we can't give you this amount, but we'll give you 25 will you take it? Then from there, I would have said, okay, I understand. So now I'm like, all right, 25 to 1, and now my Glaber Torres price is off the board. Now it's to what it is everywhere. It's in the teens pretty much. Okay. So now I see a couple hundred to one shots that are in there for AL MVP. So now I find a 100-to-1 shot on an outfielder for the White Sox, Eloy Jimenez. Okay. Uh, he was a rookie last year. And I said, you know, White Sox, a lot of talk about them. Maybe if for some reason Trendy things go pick. right, he might have a, a lot to do with their success. Okay. So now knowing the Glaber Torres at 33-to-1, 100 bucks, they wouldn't put it through. I said, I'll be nice and I'll try to, you know, nibble away at something maybe a little less than that. So I said, okay, I'll put 50 bucks on a hundred to one shot. So now I'll get back five grand if he wins MVP. Right, right, right. Boom. They bring up the spinning wheel again. <laughs> Same thing. The spinning wheel of bullshit. Yep. And instead of fifty dollars, I believe they took twenty. Twenty dollars. Where do they where do they even get these fucking numbers? Yeah. Twenty to win, I think it's like thirteen or fourteen hundred or something like that. And from again, there automatically take and from there, just from me betting it at that night. Bam, down to 50 to 1 to what he should have been from the get-go. So it's like I'm moving their number for them, wow. but they're not also letting me take the bet. So, And same thing, no accept or deny. Yep. If they said straight up, hey, you know what, you're not going to get 10 grand from this guy, but hey, we'll, we'll let you take off you know, 2 or 3 grand, fine. Yep. yep. So long, long story short, just a couple problems with that type of stuff. I mean, and here's the thing too, every every. Every app has it open right now, all these type of futures and stuff. And you're going to see guys that are 60 to 1, 70 to 1, 80 to 1. The average person is going to bet these guys because they want the big payout. But instead, you have to at least put on there, hey, we're only going to take $100 for each of these max, or hey, we'll take up to 200 on some of these guys, but at these prices. Or if you're worried about getting popped or being on the hook for a lot of stuff, then just make everybody the same amount that you're willing to pay somebody. So like for MGM, right. I'll, I'll give you this. MGM, they've got a ton of options, a ton of like high numbers, but the most that they'll let you win is pretty much like 2800 bucks off of each one. So at least they tell you. They go, hey, you're trying to bet a 50 to 1. We can't give you the full 50 to 1, but we'll give you like 28 to 1 basically. So now you're at least able to get something down. It comes back to you. But then I'm also at that point, I'm like, well, instead of putting 100 to 1, why don't you just put that they're 30 to 1 right. or 20 to 1 or something like that? And then from there, see how much you go up. So it's like, it's kind of discouraging because you see these numbers and, you know, just trying to put a quick 100 bucks down on some of these guys. And it's like, nope, can't happen. So now I have to 
go into different books, put 25 here, 25 there, 30 here, 30 yeah. there. So it's like... Got to get creative with it now. Yeah. So now I have to be spread out evenly among books, which is even more annoying. But just one of those things. At least just put up. Say, hey, we're not going to let you win more than five grand off of a, a given player, or that's the most we'll take is this amount. And uh, yeah, just... Very discouraging. And also, too, I don't like that I'm doing uh, points bets work right. for what's wrong and what's off. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we talk about it all the time with Bill Crackman, Crackenberger, on the show. He talks about moving on air. Hey, maybe you've just, uh, you know, you, you've reached that, that level now, man. Oh, I don't know they, about that. They know that. who you are. They're, they're, taking your, they're taking your advice, and they're moving the line. And, and you know what? And they're giving you a, a lesser price. That's bullshit. I'm worried, too, though. Real quick, uh, I know that we're going on and on here, but real quick... The biggest thing is, just be honest about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I guess it's because maybe, too, I'm sure there's some guy sitting at a trading screen, you know, Australian time, and he's sitting there and going, oh, my God, somebody just came in with a Glaber Torres bet for 100 bucks." <laughs> but here's the other thing. It's such a... Guy's shitting his pants. It's such a dartboard throw type bet. Like, you're a multi-million dollar company. You're not going to take that? And then the worst part about it, Chris, I see a thing from... Uh, one of the, the Twitter gambling accounts, I don't know if it was for Barstool or something, oh, a live better just put in a $20,000 bet on the Rockets' second half to beat the Knicks. Right. You'll take twenty grand on a live bet game, but me, I'm trying to put down 100 bucks to get back like three grand. You can't, you can't give me that. Crazy. Tremendous stuff, guys. As usual, from Brock Landers, you can follow him on Twitter, at BrockLanders41. He is out here in the front lines, shopping around, finding the best numbers, and calling out books where they should be doing better. Guys, speaking of being a better better, shout out to our guy Spanky. That's what we try to do here too. We try to uh, give you guys a little inside look about what we do, gambling sports. But we got some great interviews coming up this week, guys. We got another XFL-themed show. We got Diana Rossini calling in from ESPN. We got outside linebacker Demarcus Gates from the Houston Roughnecks and a very special guest, Broccoli Guy, Seattle Dragon super fan. You may have seen him busting the move out there in Seattle on the internet. Here we go, guys. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. All right, guys, if you watch ESPN and tune in to SportsCenter or NFL Live, then you probably already know our next guest. She's an NFL reporter and host for ESPN, and she's currently doing some amazing work as a sideline reporter for the XFL. Here she is, New Jersey's own Diana Rossini. You guys can follow Diana on Twitter, at DianaESPN. What's up, Diana? Welcome to the Wager Pager pod. Now that's an intro. Uh, <laughs> you should work in the WWE and just, like, Call them out. You did it. You did that great. It's so awesome to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an absolute honor to have you here. Um, I've been following your career since the ESPN News days. I uh, specifically remember turning to my girlfriend at the time when I first saw you on air and saying, she's got it. I don't know what it is, but she's got it. Wow. Um, I don't know what it is either that you like, but I, I hope I never run out of it. <laughs> uh, I've been super lucky in my career. I've had oh, so much help. Uh, to get me where I'm at. So um, I, I appreciate that sentiment, though. Right on, right on. Uh, we love your stuff. We're huge fans. This is my co-host, Brock Landers. What's going on, Diana? Great to have you on. 
Hi, Brock. What's going on? Not much, not much. Just warming up here a little bit in New Jersey and uh, getting ready for some XFL again this week. Uh, guys, I don't know what you thought of the XFL before it started, but um, I hope you're pleasantly surprised as much as I am because I took the job thinking that it would be just a great opportunity to be on live games on ABC and ESPN. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be this entertaining. And I definitely didn't expect the football to be at the level it's at at this point. Um, I had so many concerns and I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. Cause I, I just think it's doing really well. Diana, we agree 1000%. We're huge fans of the XFL. Uh, before we dive into that further, First off, I saw your Twitter banner there. I'm a fellow charcuterie lover. What's your go-to meat and cheese combo? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I wish I could say that people talk about my Twitter handle because they like the things I type. People always comment about the background of my Twitter profile, and I put that up like six years ago, and I never (laughs) changed it because everyone loves to talk about, I guess, meat and cheese. Um, so I'm a big mozzarella fan. I'm very basic. I'm not like one of these. Like, actually, I'll, I'll get sophisticated sometimes. But when we have that out at family parties and, and holidays, like my every all my siblings know the mozzarella is going because I'm going straight for it. We actually always get extra because um, I'm not very good at sharing uh, and I'm not afraid to, to aggressively attack it. Um, but I, I'm so glad you like it. Although I've had people tell me I hate going to your Twitter handle because I get hungry when I see the background immediately. And my aunt actually made the one that's my background. So, uh, she's proud of that. Nice, nice. Diana, while we're still on the subject, we know you're from, uh, you know, tri-state area, best fresh mozzarella. Where are you going? Ooh, um, I would say... So you guys don't know, but there's a there's a deli called Amato's, A-M-A-T-T-O, in Northdale, New Jersey, which is the Bergen County area. Um, oh, this is a New they, Jersey podcast, the, Diana. <laughs> they're they're the best. They they do they're huge Jets fans. Um, so I can't I can't even get in there and get out um, quickly. It's always like a twenty minute conversation because they want to talk about the Jets, and unfortunately, I never have anything good to tell them. <laughs> um, but they, they, they make the best, and, you know, they're, they're, they're so into football, and they're also, like, super supportive of ESPN, and they have their TVs on, and uh, not only are they great supporters, but they make really good food. So um, it's funny. I usually stop by there before I head to Jets or Giants practice, and I'll pick a sandwich up, uh, and it's, it's definitely a good go-to. So in Amato's Deli, I'm giving them a big shout-out here. Very nice. There you have it. Excellent answer. I'll have to check that out. All right, so we've got an NFL insider on the phone with us. we got to ask you, Diana, where is my hero Tom Brady going to play <laughs> next year? Oh, gosh. Uh, if I had the answer, I'd be the best reporter in the world because I know for a fact Brady is keeping this so close to the vest. Um, look, I know that there are several teams that are interested in him. I know that Brady is interested in several teams that are not, I wouldn't put in the category of very interested. They're curious, right? You're not going to say, you're not going to completely shut the door on Tom Brady. Um, But if I was a guessing woman at this point, um, I would guess that he leaves New England. Uh, The sense I get is he's ready for change. He wants something different. Um, I saw him about three weeks ago in Miami at the Super Bowl. Uh, and asked him directly. 
<laughs> in which he laughed at me, like, why am I going to tell you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that I think his time's up there, and I think he's ready. He's ready for a new life and a new coach, a new a new fan base to to see if he can possibly maybe win and with another organization. And I think so much is going to change from when we're recording this right now to when he makes that decision. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I feel like it's changing every day. I, every anytime I'm talking to anyone in the league. Um, today I was talking to Patriots players actually this morning uh, and they're asking me, they're like, what do you think? What, do you think he's going? Is he staying? And, and I'm talking about legit guys on this team. Um, they don't know. Nobody seems to know, but, but uh, I would bet he's, he's out. Wow. Okay. You would bet he's out. Uh, this is a sports betting podcast by trade. We're looking at Raiders. We're looking at Titans. We're looking at Tampa. If you had an extra hundred bucks to uh, throw around, where are you putting it? Um, I'm going to put it on the Raiders. Uh, I, I just think that that could be a place he would flourish from a business standpoint. I think him and John Gruden would be great together uh, in terms of their vision. Um, the Tennessee thing got so hot over the last few days. Uh, and I was in Indianapolis at the Combine where I ran into people from the Titans. And they didn't I didn't get the feeling from them that they were that hot on it. Uh, I think they're going to probably think about it and listen to it and maybe have a conversation in-house about if this could work. But it seemed to me that, that they don't really believe that Brady can fit in their offense. And, and I know you can make the argument, we'll change the whole offense for Brady, but they just had so much success. They, they, they made that great run, obviously, all the way to the AFC Championship game, taking care of the Patriots and the Ravens and almost beating the Chiefs. I mean, maybe not almost, but, you know, a few quarterback decisions away, you can argue. Um, you know, I, I just didn't – I wasn't overwhelmed, you know, and then we saw later on um, that week at the Combine, Vrabel, uh, the head coach texting or, excuse me, FaceTiming with Edelman and Brady and – you know, those guys are all such good friends. I didn't read into it at all. It's like anything else and just a bunch of guys just clowning around with each other. So uh, I'm taking Tennessee off the board, but um, I think I think the Raiders would be where he would wind up if I had a guess. All right, all right. Any truth to this uh, Brady for Jimmy G trade rumor going on? Um, there seems to be a lot of smoke there right now. Um but just from from the guys I talked to in San Francisco, I, I know trading Jimmy isn't something that I can comfortably say is 100% off the table. I mean, trading Jimmy, period, not for Brady, or you know, not, not to New England, just in general. They're always listening. They're always thinking about different options. You look at Kyle Shanahan's history. We know how much he loves Kirk Cousins. Uh, you have a few quarterbacks, obviously, very good ones uh, on the market as well, uh, who could do very well in a Kyle Shanahan system. Um, although you can also say that Kyle can pretty much adapt to any quarterback. He's been successful with RG3, Kirk Cousins, and with Jimmy. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see Jim, There's a reason why they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. New England knew something about Jimmy's style that I don't think that they can. They believe that he can can win, and that's why they traded him. So, and I was covering New England pretty closely at the time of the trade. Uh, and I just remember having conversations with sources there. That was really their belief. They didn't think Jimmy was the guy. So Jimmy hasn't changed. Jimmy, I mean, yes, he's gotten more experience, 
Uh, he's obviously played in big games now, but we saw what Jimmy is. And I just, I just don't think New England thinks he's the guy. So, so a trade to me just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Very interesting stuff, guys, from Diana Rossini on the Wager Pager podcast. Diana, let us ask you, what do you think happens to Dak in Dallas, and why is Jerry Jones thinking about Dez in the shower? <laughs> Here, here's the thing. I was actually sympathetic to Jerry because I do that all the time where I'm telling a story, and I'll recall where I had that thought, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking the other day in the shower, and then I'll share it, and I'm like, wait. I shouldn't have added the shower part. I should have just said, hey, I was thinking the other day or say I was in the car or something. Um, so I get what he's doing. I think a lot in this. I think the shower is the best place to think of things because you're alone. You don't have your phone usually, unless it's free agency period where you bring your phone in the shower with you, um, <laughs> which that's going to be my life next week. And I'm dreading it because it's the worst. But um, I understand that. And and I, I look, I, I don't I don't think the dead situation is going to pan out. I don't, I don't see Dez playing for Dallas again. Uh, I see Dak. Uh, I think the Dak situation is going to work itself out. Um, there's still so much time for it to get done. There's tons of mixed messages being sent, but uh, I think Jerry and, and that front office, we'll, we'll call it, they're very aware that, that Dak's the guy. He is the guy. He's done everything right. Um, I, I think they'll bang out a deal and, and you know we'll, we're going to move on from this soon. You touched a little bit on the NFL Combine that you were at last uh, week. Uh, any players stand out to you? Any highlights from that? Yeah, the Combine this year was incredible. We went into it knowing that this receiver class was going to be tremendous. Um, you know, and, and look, I, I trust Mel Kuyper. I, I trust Todd McShay. They're the best at what they do, and, and I host a bunch of shows with them on it. And they tell me they were telling me during commercial break. They're like, make sure you go to the receiver workout. Like, you want to you wanna see these guys. This is going to be a class that we haven't seen in years. And they were right. I mean, I'm not sure how much of the workout you guys saw, um, but they certainly lived up to the hype um, going, going into the combine. And, and look, obviously, we, we all saw some of the 40 times of some of these linemen, which just were tremendous. Um, I still haven't tried that shake, by the way. Have you guys tried it yet? Uh, everyone keeps talking about the uh, the protein shakes that some of these guys have been drinking to gain weight, and it's like mixed uh, amounts of food of like scrambled eggs and like gasoline or I don't what? know what's in these things. But I apologize, guys. There's an ambulance flying by. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm right now, and it sounds like um, I'm injured, but I'm not. So uh, the access that you guys are getting on the sidelines with the XFL is nuts. You look like you're having the time of your freaking life. How has that been? Oh, my goodness. I never in a million years thought that it was going to be like this. They told us that we had no roles on this. They, you know, they, they were like, look, we're going to let you do whatever you want to do. We're going to let you interview players. But I didn't expect it to be at this level. Um, and so when you say I'm having fun, I think ha you're watching me on TV kind of be like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I'm still in shock. Um, my favorite thing is when I, I'll talk to players in the NFL and they're like, dude, I can't believe you're going up to players like this. I can't believe you're asking coaches these questions. Like, that would never fly here, you know, uh, like in the NFL. But who knows? Uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how much is going to change and how many other leagues are going to look at this and think this this could work because 
I think fans like it. I mean, you guys like it, right? It's cool to hear how guys, why they missed the field goal or what, what defense they saw on that one touchdown or why they ran that certain route. To me, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very refreshing. It's a new look at football, and football is a game that we both really enjoy a lot here at the Wager Pager podcast. Um, what do you think so far of the gameplay itself? Uh, it's been good. Um, look, it, it's it's not at the level that 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 we're used to seeing on Sundays, but there's definitely moments. Um, I, I would describe it as it's exciting. Um, these these players have so much back to where how they got where they are and so many of them have a chip on the shoulder and they want to prove and they want to be great um and look it's not like the prettiest football there there is sloppy at times attackment stinks um but sometimes there, there's moments there's there's some quarterback play obviously you guys know pj walker cardell jones you, you've seen snippets of these cor- of these guys and they're doing things that that you know you're going to see uh, you know, as, as on Sunday, perhaps, you know, as backup quarterbacks, perhaps. So, yeah, I, I like to play. Um, I love the rules. I think that's made it really entertaining as well. Um, you know, I get asked all the time, um, you know, do you think the play is, like, good enough for, for, for viewership, for watching? You know, and I'm always like, I think it's competitive. I'm on the sideline. That'd be the first. I'm, you guys pretty much know my personality at this point. Like, pretty transparent. <laughs> if it was trash, I'd say it. <laughs> you know, but it's good. Like I'm there watching it, and I like I'm into every game. Um, and I've been really lucky that the games I'm on, they're really competitive. No, Diana, I agree 1,000 percent. PJ Walker's been killing it. Jordan Tamu, we got uh, Demarcus Gates from the uh, Houston Roughnecks coming on the show later yeah. today. He's been killing nice. it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like we mentioned, obviously we are a sports betting podcast. What do you think about the XFL's willingness to embrace legal sports betting? That's been to me the most interesting part of it because I'm not used to that. I, I, I mean, it, it even takes my colleagues a second to remember, oh, yeah, we can bet. We can talk about this. We can share with the viewer, you know, these live lines. Um, I, I think it makes it so much more fun. And, I, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this perhaps being added to other sports, uh, the way we can so openly talk about it. Because, look, we all – I'm not – I'm not going to speak for myself, but I have enough family and friends that do it that why are we pretending it doesn't exist? It's out there. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's give you the best information. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's on everyone's mind. You watch a sporting event. I mean, someone's, you know, thinking about that in the back of their mind. Um, do you think other leagues are going to follow the XFL's lead and go all in on sports betting? I mean, you know, how quick we forget the original XFL, the NFL took a lot of those camera angles that these, these guys were using. Yeah, um, look, I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be next year either. Uh, I think they're watching, though. You know, I think this is something everyone is watching the XFL. That I can say with so much confidence. I've had guys in the NBA that I'm friends with tell me that they're watching. And, you know, they're obviously in season. Everyone has their eye on this. So uh, if players and coaches do, you know the executives and the decision makers on all this um, certainly do. When I was in Indianapolis, um, I, I talked to... Uh, Sean Payton, who's on the competition committee, and he told me he loves the kickoff. He loves the kickoff role uh, in the XFL. So um, I think the way the rules are being watched, the access is being watched, I think the gambling is being watched just as much. Right on. Completely agree. You know we're out here laying bets. Uh, let's address the purple elephant in the room, Diana. Do you think the XFL will last this time around? I do. 
I, I, I say that with confidence. I really do. I think there's so many smart people involved in it. They, they have such a good business model. They have a lot of uh, investment in it. Uh, obviously, the television part of this has made it extra um, important because ESPN is the best at what they do. And, and I can tell you from being on that side of it, they're, they're putting all their energy and effort into making it work, which, you know, makes me believe that, that this can go. And the fact that they're getting support from the NFL and they're getting support from players, um, I, I think it's just going to continue. And, and I think these, I think players are going to start looking to play. Me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I promise there's not a fire. <laughs> Welcome wow. to New York City. Yes, this is why I live in Jersey. Um, so I, I, I do think that I, the bottom line is the XFL is going to work, and I think it's going to keep getting better because more better players are going to, are, are, I think, are going to join the league when they see this as an option. All right, cool. Uh, one more question before we let you go here, Diana. What's been the biggest, like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this right now kind of moment of your career so far? Wow. Um, I would probably say, okay, I'm not saying this because you guys are pro XFL, but I just had this conversation with my family recently. Being part of something new has been so rewarding. While I love being at gigantic games in the league uh, on Sundays, and I've been doing it for a few years, to be doing XFL with being part of, of a live game broadcast, I've never done that because I'm a reporter pregame and postgame. I never actually do sidelines for a game. So to be doing what I'm doing, I, I definitely have had moments this season already where I'm like, I think I'm like just to be part of a new startup with a sport that everybody loves uh, that has potential to be great. So for me, that it's really been the, the last month. And, and I'm so glad early when you asked me, or you mentioned that I look like I'm having fun. Like to me, that's the ultimate compliment because I, I that means that you're seeing how I really feel, which is that I, I like, I love what I do. And I, I love this. I love that. I'm getting a chance to be part of the league. Um, and, and hopefully I'll, I'll they'll bring me back. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I'm sure they will. All right, guys, that was Diana Russini from ESPN. She's a tremendous NFL reporter and in-studio host. And she's currently working the sidelines for the XFL, where she's putting out some unbelievable content. You guys can follow Diana on Twitter, at Diana ESPN. Diana, thanks so much for calling in. We hope to have you back again sometime. Thanks, guys. No, i definitely come back on. I can't wait. Awesome. Thanks so much, Diana. All right, guys, our next guest is arguably the best defensive player in the XFL right now. He's a former Ole Miss Rebel and current outside linebacker for the first place Houston Roughnecks. Here he is, Demarcus Gates. You guys can follow Demarcus on Twitter at Y underscore D Gates. What's up, Demarcus? Welcome to the Wager Pager podcast. Uh, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Thank you for having me. No problem. We really appreciate you having on. Uh, this is my co-host as well, Chris Rogers. Chris, this is Demarcus on the line. What's up, brother? Glad to have you. What's going on, Chris? Thank you for having me, man. 
No problem, no problem. So you lead the uh, the Houston Roughnecks right now with uh, a team leading 28 tackles. Uh, you made a game-sealing play on a turnover for the second straight week, and you had the number one play on SportsCenter's top 10 on Sunday night. How does that feel? It feels good, right? You know, as a team, we're doing great. You know, we're undefeated right now. You know, just trying to take it one game at a time. You know, you know, keep it going. Yeah, baby, we're huge Roughnecks fans, uh, only undefeated team in the league. Let's get a little background for the listeners here. So you, uh, you're you coming out of Ole Miss, solid career there. What was that like playing in the SEC, man? Oh, it was great, man. You know, the SEC, best best conference out there. So, you know, uh, you got great experiences playing great, great offense, great running backs, quarterbacks, you know. Uh, the tempo's fast and physical, so you know it, it gets you ready for for the for the big leagues. What about them SEC parties? I know they party hard down there, down south. How was that? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, Ole Miss, we known for our parties and stuff. Though, so you know, they definitely partied a little bit down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just to stay on the Ole Miss topic. Uh, any any really great memories there as far as games are considered or uh, learning experiences as far as, you know, practices or something like that that will always stay with you? Oh, yeah. You know, we had uh, some great wins down there. Uh, you know, we beat Bama those two years in a row. Uh, uh, the Sugar Bowl victory, you know, bringing the Sugar Bowl back to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, there's a lot of experiences that we have. Uh, you know, taking down the goalposts. Everybody flooding the field. Uh, yeah, it's great experience that I had down there. Great memories. You know, you also got the memories, you know, in the locker room and stuff. Great teammates and everything. So, but, uh, you know, you're always going to have those great memories down there. Anyone, uh, DeMarcus, that you still keep up with from Ole Miss? Uh, yeah, I keep up with just about everybody, you know. Uh, you know, I got a teammate up there, uh, Trey uh, Elston. He's up there on the team with me now. But, you know, I keep in touch with a couple of guys, CJ Hampton, Montreal Cousins. You know, some of the guys are still on the team now, previous previous players. Uh, what about know. your boy uh, Jordan Tamu balling out for the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks? Did you play with him down there? Uh, most definitely played with Jordan. Yeah, we all chopped it up. Him, uh, him and Chandler Ward down there on, on the St. Louis team. But, yeah, we chopped it up when we played against them, man. You know, uh, that's that's how I got the little sack on <laughs> uh, in that game. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely definitely talked about it. Yeah, dude, ripping it up so far, man. Uh, so back to your experience coming out of Ole Miss. We know you uh, signed as an undrafted free agent with the Cleveland Browns. What was your NFL experience like? Um, sh- short. Um, you know, uh, exactly what you said. Signed with the Cleveland Browns. I uh, got cut uh, shortly after uh, that. I got picked up with the AF, went to there, and then uh, after that, uh, got signed with the Redskins. Got cut from there, and then you know, ended up here the XFL with this opportunity. So you know, that's how that's how I got here. DeMarcus, let's go back real quick to the AAF for a minute because now the XFL is here. Uh, obviously, things are doing way better for the XFL than the AAF. 
What were some of the differences so far that even just a couple of weeks in here, XFL, that you see that are better, um, you know, just just as far as that's concerned, comparisons in leagues? Um, Organization-wise, uh, was very organized here. Uh, I got everything planned out, you know. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have their little sometimes slip-ups and stuff, but, you know, they, they get right on top of it. You know, they have people in place that, that you know, if you need help, you can call and stuff like that. And they're also the fans, more engaged. Uh, I think that's something that, that the XFL did, you know, on their, on their own too, you know, get uh, the fans more engaged and stuff like that. So our stadiums be packed out, you know, even on the away games, the uh, their own statements be packed out too. So uh, it's been a, a great work environment, I can say. Right on, man. Uh, so we know you played for the AAF with the, the Memphis Express. Um, did you even see that coming? Like when, when the league folded, did you have any idea that that was coming? How did that hit the players? Um, it hit us unexpected. We didn't see it coming. Uh, it was kind of like whispers and talks about it, but nothing really like serious, nothing that they had said to us about anything. Uh, so, yeah, it came unexpected. But, uh, you know, that happened. And, you know, uh, we live and learn from it. You know, that, that helped me get to where I'm at today. So, you know, it's all right. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you, you've, you've played, uh, you know, on a couple NFL teams, a uh, couple, you know, you were in AAF, um, now XFL. What's a, what's a week like for you right now as an XFL player uh, as far as practicing is concerned? Uh, we heard a couple weeks ago from, from some of the guys we had on uh, from Seattle that these guys were kind of staying in hotels and stuff like that, practicing there. What's kind of the life of an XFL player right now? Yeah, basically what they just said. Um, yeah, they they provided housing for us. Uh, we stayed in the uh, hotel stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically the schedule to uh, basically a regular football schedule. You know, wake up, you got your treatments, breakfast or whatever. You know, got your morning meetings or I'm not sure how other teams or they might have practice first and stuff like that. Uh, you know, get after your meetings, have your practice. You know, go to lunch either before practice or after practice, something like that. Uh, and after that, you know, get like get treatment or something again. Uh, you know, might have weights that day or not. If you have weights that day, go to weights. If not, then so you basically off for the rest of the day. You know, you got free time. Uh, you know, basically she's working a regular job. You know, it's, it's not a nine to five, but you know, it's. A, <laughs> It's a it's a it's a work day, and you know, you get off the same. You know, it gives us a little free time at the end of the day. You know, get home, relax, or get to the hotel and relax. Uh, but you know, it's it's very smooth and simple, but that is work. You know, very cool, man. Uh, so the XFL is doing some really uh, interesting stuff with the way they broadcast these games. We just had on uh, Diana Rossini from ESPN. What's that been like? I know you've been interviewed uh, in-game, on the sideline, post-game. How's the coverage uh, and how's the reaction from the players with how they're doing that? Uh, it's interesting. You know, just like you said, you know, they 
They get uh, some of the cameras are like on the field, and you know they get you like right after the play and stuff like that. So you know it's kind of kind of interesting. You got to uh, focus a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? You know you got to make sure that you know let you get off your game. But uh, you know they they do a good job. They don't they don't harass us or anything like that. You know they might ask two three questions and then you know get them to shoot and then. They be, they go about their business and let us continue playing or whatever. So it's not it's nothing bad, nothing major. But you know it's another opportunity to you know get our names out there, get our faces on camera, stuff like that. So uh, it's another opportunity in that sense. Yeah, we we love the league so far, and you know we like the presentation and the way everything has been going. Um, you know. We're not going to try to bat around the question. It's on all the telecasts about the the point spreads and all the the you know over unders and stuff like that. Did the league kind of go over that with you guys pre even you know training camp and stuff like that? That this was going to be something that you know people were going to be aware of all this stuff and a game telecast. Um. Well, yeah. You know that's that's with all sports. You know, uh, you know Vegas gonna have how they say and all of that. So uh you know, they have the odds of who was gonna win the whole thing and all that stuff. But you know, uh we're on the contract like with gambling policies and stuff like that. So like we can't bet on it and stuff like that. But of course we hear the over under and the point spread and and of course, you know what I'm saying, that's that's on T V and stuff. There's no way that we're not gonna be able to hear that. So uh, most definitely, that's something that they talked about before the season started. You know, they have us uh, doing like little meetings, seminars type thing that they had to go through, and they had to come to us uh, in a team meeting setting and talk to us about things like that. So, yeah, they definitely discussed that with us. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty much now XFL. They're, they're you know breaking a lot of you know barriers as far as talking about this stuff on actual broadcasts which a lot of the you know pro sports they it's kind of like the you know we know it's there but don't talk about it but the xfl has fully embraced it and i give them a lot of kudos for that and i think it's great that you know they're at least acknowledging it we're seeing over here in new jersey live in-game lines on some of this stuff so it's good to see that they're not afraid to talk about it and obviously you know have you experienced anything with anyone you know going off of Twitter or something like that, sending you, you know, tweets like, are you aware that, you know, you guys didn't score enough for me to cash my bet? Have you been hearing about stuff like that? Uh, nah, you know, uh, I was going to bet on games here, but, you know, so that's, that's it everywhere, you know, uh, folks gamble, you know what I'm saying? They can, they, you know, they got to make their money, but, uh, not, nobody's really came to me and said they lost the bet or, we make enough points or something like that, like not yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not yet. Not, not they better not come near. I ain't, I ain't got nothing to do with all that. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure, dude. And what do you think? Like, but what do the players think of, of the league's just like willingness to embrace the legal sports betting thing? Is that it? Must be different from your experience in AAF and in the NFL. Um, yeah, most definitely. But um, you know, I don't think that. The AFL and the NFL don't, they, you know, they don't, I'm sure they don't endorse it, but you know, like they're not, they're not, 
uh, let's say, ignorant to it. You know what I'm saying? They they know that it goes on. So, you know, it's just something that we as players got to stay away from because of that we're under contract for. So, you know, that's just something that we have to watch out for. But, like, for the fans and for the for the people that just want to do it, that want to gamble and stuff like that, you know, they have an opportunity, to, you know, to do so. Absolutely. So, you know, you're in the XFL. Uh, we know that things have been really great so far for the league. Uh, it's definitely looked really great on television as far as the broadcasting uh, goes. And, you know, it's a lot of fun having football here as we go into the spring. Where do you see yourself down the road? Do you have a long-term goal? Uh, is it to get back to the NFL? Is it to hope that this thing keeps going and, you know, you go through three, four seasons of XFL? What's kind of your long-term plans for the listeners? Um, you know, of course, uh, I think everybody make it uh, to the to big league and get the big money. But you know, uh, the XFL gave me an opportunity here. You know, if if things don't go that way, then you know I'm always uh, you know welcome to play here and love love Houston and one my staying here playing the XFL. So, uh, you know, I just have to have to wait and you know how to see how to see how the dice dice roll. Absolutely, absolutely. Any significance behind the number forty seven? Uh, uh yeah, my auntie. Uh she 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 had, she had told me to uh to get a number. So I had got it for her, but uh ain't no real significance, but you know she had, she had asked for it, so I got it for her. <laughs> Yeah, very cool seeing a linebacker with uh, 47. That's cool. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, guys, I think that's about all the time we got. Uh, that was Demarcus Gates, outside linebacker for your Houston Roughnecks. You can follow him on Twitter at Y underscore D Gates and tune in Saturday night on ABC and watch him play against the Seattle Dragons. Dude, thanks a lot for calling in. Good luck this weekend, my friend. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you once. All right, guys, our next guest is a viral internet sensation. You may have seen him busting a move at CenturyLink Field. He's a substitute teacher who moonlights as a comedian, but is better known as Seattle Dragons superfan Broccoli Guy. Here he is. Here he is, Jim Stewart Allen, a.k.a. Broccoli Guy. You guys, you guys can follow Jim I'm on... I'm laughing because I still can't believe that that's one of my nicknames that I have accrued. Yes, dude. Pretty great. You guys can follow Jim on Twitter at DancingJSA. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, you're a viral sensation. What is that like? We've seen you on ESPN. You've been mentioned on Barstool Sports. What is it like being f- internet famous? It's, I mean, it's pretty, I, I was never expecting when I started doing comedy in 2006, I wasn't quite expecting my fame to come from dancing with vegetables, but I will take it. I love it. So I'm really happy about it. Um, and it's just fun for the fans. So it's been really cool. Yeah, man. Everyone's been loving it. That uh, TikTok video of you dancing with the carrot involved was great. Um, 
Let's get a little background story here for the listeners. How did this all yeah. start? I know it has something to do, to do with the Idaho Potato Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really into college football. Uh, I like the Cougars and I like the Idaho Vandals. Those are my two favorite teams. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things about college football is the bowl game season. Uh, and there's a ton of bowl games and my favorite out of all of those has just always been the famous potato bowl. Cause it's just so ridiculous sounding and fun. Um, <laughs> and it's sponsored by the Idaho potato commission. So how great is that? It's just such a wholesome bowl game, I think. Uh, so I started going there in 2014 with signs, uh, trying to get on TV. Um, one of the other nice things about the famous potato bowl is that, um, it's you can kind of pick your seat. So I always pick my seats uh, closest to the camera. So over the past six, seven years, I've just gotten really good at finding where the good seats are, where the cameras are, and then getting those cameras attention. Um, and so I, um, I started with signs and eventually about two years ago, I realized that uh, signs weren't working as well as I wanted them to. So I decided that I was just going to really improve my dance moves uh, and try to get on uh, via dancing. Uh, so I started roller skating a lot and getting really good at dancing. Or not super, super good at dancing. Like I haven't taken uh, classes before or anything. I'm actually planning on taking ballet classes soon. Uh, that's how serious I am about this. Um, but I started practicing on my own and eventually my moves were good enough where, uh, the jumbotron camera person recognized me two years ago. And then, uh, this year, I guess one year ago, the jumbotron guy, uh, got me on. And then this year on January 3rd, uh, I got on, uh, after the a commercial break, uh, I got on Dancing with Potatoes uh, at the famous Potato Bowl. And then that night, uh, turns out I got on SportsCenter. So there was Scott Van Pelt talking about me dancing with potatoes, uh, which was just, I, I was going to say a dream come true, but you can't really even dream that thing. Uh, it's just so <laughs> wild. It happened. Um so I got on Dancing with Potatoes, and I decided the next thing I was going to do uh, was buy season tickets to the XFL uh, <laughs> and dance something else there. Uh, and so my friend brought up the idea that I should dance with another vegetable. Uh, so I chose broccoli because broccoli is one of the Dragons team colors. Um, yeah. And it goes well with the orange towels that we wave at, uh, in the stadium. And then um, also, it's just my favorite vegetable. So why not? <laughs> so I brought broccoli with me, not quite knowing how it was going to go. Like, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so I brought it and it turns out people really, really liked it. Uh, so my fame has kind of been growing from there. I just show up to the games with broccoli. And, you know, the last one, I actually brought a carrot with me. So I'm still thinking about what other vegetables to use. But I think for the XFL, it's just going to be broccoli. 
Hey, Jim, we're huge fans, bro. Uh, the reaction has been great. Everyone does love it. I've heard uh, numerous people say the broccoli florets look like pom-poms. Yes! Yes! No, that was one of the main... When I, when I saw... There was a comment on Twitter that said uh, they're like natural pom-poms. I was like, yes, this is the perfect vegetable to be dancing with. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. It's funny. Uh, broccoli guy, I love the outfit. By the way, I love the matching sweat uh, sweatshirt yes. and pants. Uh, you might any reason why that? Yeah. Okay, that's another great question. I always forget to mention these things because there's so much going on. Um, so the Dixie, the the outfit is from uh, the old Dixie cup design. Right. Right. Um, a lot of people say water cup design. Uh, there's a lot of different, but it's um, the official name of the design is the jazz pattern. Um, and it was made a bunch of things, but mostly for Dixie cups. Uh, and so uh, there was, I was at my friend's and he had ordered one of these, uh, it was a hoodie. It's a hoodie that you've seen me in. I mean, it's the same hoodie. Yeah, we're looking at it now on the uh, Wager Pager Vision. Yes. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> so my friend ordered it, and uh, it the was boots. too small for him. So he gave it to me, and the second I put it on, I was like, oh, this is my exact vibe. Um, so, And the other cool thing is whenever I wear it, people come up to me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, is that the water cup design from the 90s and the 80s? <laughs> um, so it gets recognized pretty easily. Um, and since it's such my vibe, uh, it's, it's a great thing to wear for, uh, games like that because people can immediately recognize it, but also I can feel like myself in such a weird, uh, outfit. So the, um, the potato bowl, I just wore the hoodie, uh, but for the XFL, I actually bought, uh, the pants as well. So now I have a full pants, hoodie, Dixie cup combination going on. Um, and actually when the weather warms up, I have a Dixie cup romper, uh, that I'm going to be wearing. So get ready for that. Oh. Um, cause it's amazing. It's a, it's a complete vibe and it works. <laughs> oh wow we can't wait to see that we can't wait to yeah. see that real quick before we let you go here uh you yeah. know you you mentioned stand-up comedian uh who are some of your inspirations who are some stand-up guys that you like yeah that's a good question i you know i'm really into mike berbiglia uh he's great he he was kind of someone that i saw back in the day uh, when I was in high school, and this is how this is how long I've been doing stand-up comedy, is I was talking to Mike Berbiglia when I started doing stand-up in high school on MySpace Messenger. Oh, uh, brother. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I started in 2006 when MySpace was the main thing around. Um, so I actually got to talk to quite a few of those, like, comedians that are pretty famous now uh, through MySpace Messenger, just, like, asking them questions about what they did. But Mike Berbiglia was one of those comedians that, like, immediately replied to me and was super nice. Um, and he kind of proved to me that, um, as a nice guy, you can be successful in stand up. And I think that's really cool. Very, very cool. Broccoli guy. Uh, 
What are you thinking about in in terms of trying to parlay this newfound success into your comedy career? Are are you going on tour? I mean, Broccoli Guy should be up on all the headlines. (laughs) You know, um, I actually, I I, I had a show, you know, about two hours away from my house. And, um... It's in Bellingham, Washington, and uh, uh, the the person who booked me as a joke was like, "Hey, you should bring broccoli." Or it wasn't even maybe they were like, "You you need to bring your broccoli with you to this show." And so I like brought broccoli to this thing. Like, what is? Am I gonna like do a broccoli dance in the middle of my stand up? And uh, I got there with my broccoli, and the booker was like. Oh, Jim, I was just kidding about the broccoli. That was just a joke. Um, so who knows when it's going to start becoming part of my stand-up, but probably sooner than I think. Um, I'm also, you've probably seen this, but I'm also trying to get on Ellen because uh, I really want to dance with broccoli with Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, I think that would be a career milestone uh, if you can call dancing with broccoli a career, which I am. Uh, but that would be fun, too. So there is like a bunch of ideas I'm coming up with right now. Like, how can I dance with broccoli in front of more people right now? Hey, hey man, I don't know how much of a, a gambler Ellen DeGeneres is. She may not be listening to this podcast right now, but yes. if she is... You need to get Broccoli yeah. Guy in there, Ellen. He's going to rip it up in your studio. Broccoli Guy, uh, before we let you go, um, did you get a chance to look at the uh, the games, the matchups for this weekend? Anything that, that you're looking to wager on? Yes, I looked at a few, and I'm going to be a typical Dragons fan right now. And I'm going to say you should bet on the Dragons. Because we got BJ now, and I think things are going to really open up. Uh, I think the Dragons' defense is going to be on the field less. They're going to get more rest time, so they're going to be more effective. And I think BJ is going to extend drives and get points. And I think the Dragons are really – I don't know how many games they're going to win. I'm not going to make any predictions. But I think the Dragons are going to become a lot better uh, with all of this. So that's my main prediction is the Dragons against – I believe they're playing the – not – is it the Rough – I think it's the Renegades, right? The Roughnecks. One of those Texas teams. Yeah, they're playing the undefeated Houston Roughnecks, Broccoli Guy. Oh, it's – oh, my gosh. Okay. And get, well, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm still gonna pick the dragon. Hey, I'm with dragon you there, man. Fan. I am with you there. I'm leaning towards the dragons at plus twelve oh, and a half. Yeah. Bj Daniels looked great in the second half last week. Just put a whole new. Well, I uh, mean, Bj got us. I, it brought it back to a competitive game. Oh yeah, it was amazing. I was just. I was kind of just watching the first half, and the second Bj came in. Like, the excitement level of, like, oh, snaps, we're in this thing. Even when he came out before the comeback happened, I was like, okay. And I think a lot of Seattle fans were probably like that, too. But, yeah, I think B.J. Daniels is a game changer. I think he's going to change so many parts of this Dragons uh, game that uh, they, they could very well be a problem or even come out on top. Excellent stuff there from the Broccoli guy. Uh, anything you want to plug before we're all finished here? Yeah, you know what? Just follow me on Twitter at DancingJSA. 
Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Jim Stewart Allen as well. Um, so yeah, those are the two things. Just follow me there. See what happens. Uh, cause there's the, I don't know if you remember the bunny man from the New York renegades, but the bunny man the and guardians, I somehow the guardians. found each other. <laughs> so the super fans are linking up, uh, and you should follow me on Twitter and see that all happen and see when I'm at the games. Cause I might be at the LA game, the visiting LA game uh, all right. in a few weeks as well. So I'm probably going to be popping up in some visiting games. So follow me there and you can figure all that out. Well, that's very exciting news. We'll be uh, looking out for you in all XFL stadiums across the country. One last <laughs> question before we let you go. Yeah. What's your favorite tune, the Bustle Move to? Uh, are you dancing to the, to the music that's playing in stadium? You got your own music playing on your phone? How do you get inspired to I, dance? That's a great question. So I like, um, I like being in tune with the crowd in the stadium. So normally I'm listening to the stadium tunes. Um, you know, I like the song. If, if you're talking about my all-time favorite songs to dance to, uh, I would say Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Oh, great song. Definitely up there. That one, the, the second I hear that one come on, I, I freak out and I start dancing up a storm. And people are like, oh, my gosh, what happened to this guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, I also, what are some other ones? You know, Ghostbusters is always fun to dance to. I dance to some weird songs, too. But um, anything in the Billboard Top 40s, uh, I, can, I usually love and can find a beat to dance to that as well. All right, guys, we're running out of time here. Uh, Broccoli Guy, we'd love to uh, sit and talk to you all night long, but I know it's your birthday week, and I'm sure you're getting ready to get out there and party, right? I'm going out to Thai food. Yeah, I'm really excited. So this was a good precursor to Thai food, definitely. (laughs) Excellent. Thai food is the best. All right, guys. That was the one and only Broccoli Guy, better known as Jim Stewart Allen. He's a substitute teacher who moonlights as a stand-up comic, but is better known as the Seattle Dragon super fan Broccoli Guy. You can follow him on Twitter at DancingJSA. Thanks for calling in, man, and we would love to have you back later on in the season. Heck yeah, let me know. I, I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much, Jim. It was a pleasure. All right, that's it for Season 2, Episode 23. Special thanks to our guests, ESPN's Diana Russini, DeMarcus Gates from the Houston Roughnecks, and Broccoli Guy, Jim Stewart-Allen. Thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers, and of course, thanks to the guys here at Van Boris Films. And as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. For listening, guys, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review and please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1 800 522 4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. 
Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Vorst Films, edited by Van Vorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs>